The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening to Matt Slick Live. Hope you're all having a good day, and if you want... On this nice day of uh, January 30th, 2024, if you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. And if you want, you can email me. Excuse me, I turn my throat there. You can email me at info at carm.org, info at carm.org. And um, I just put in the subject line, put in something like, uh, let's see, uh, carm let's see radio show or it's a radio question or radio comment that's all just radio question radio comment and it can get in there so uh that was it not a big deal all right easy we don't have buddy waiting right now so a lot of time it'll do when we have a little bit of uh you know callers haven't called in i will uh just sometimes go to uh the emails and we got a we got a quite a few so that's what i'm going to do and uh yeah, let's see. I already read that one before. Oh, that's a hate mail. Let me get a radio questions. Here we go. I like hate mail. I really do. All right. What does the Bible say about incest? Is it true that God allowed incest from the beginning of creation? Yes, it is true. Did Adam and his children, Noah and children, grandchildren, etc., commit incest? Yes, they did. So uh, it, logic says that they would have committed incest, uh, but it wasn't prohibited until later on. And so probably what was happening, the genetic line of Adam and Eve was so good that incest could be uh, permitted. And then after a while, God said, no more of this. And that's it. So uh, up to that point when he said, you should not do that, and you don't do that, and that's what it is. So not that big a deal. And there you go. Let's try another one. My wife and I started listening to your show recently, really enjoying it. Uh, I don't know if I read this before. Let's see. We're uh, former members of the a certain Bible church. Uh, so-and-so is executive pastor. Now we have this... <laughs> oh, now we have this terrible... And there's a guy's name who's running it into the ground with his wokeness and ties to the SBC. We joined uh, Sons of Baptist, and I retired, and we moved to uh, another place in Lynchburg. Not a bad church at all, although the sermons were more like milk than meat. Yeah, I know. I hate that. I hate that. Wow. Uh, what we really enjoyed was finding a Sunday school class where they taught uh, stuff. All right. It was like getting a seminary degree each and every Sunday. Anyway, we moved to uh, Charlotte area and where we live. I do uh, Bible, every, Bible study every day and usually defer to John MacArthur. That's good. Um, I'd like to get your view on three days Jesus was in the tomb. I believe he did indeed descend to Sheol or Hades to proclaim, not preach, victory over Satan is demon. Yeah, I have no problem with that. That's what, that's what I lean towards. Uh, and, he was, and to take those to paradise aside with them as the atonement had made fit. Yeah, very good. I love that. That's right. That's what I would say. And uh, I guess my question is more around where the center of the earth is. Well, the center of the earth would be where the earth is in the middle and the center. So any place on the earth, you go down, that's where the, <laughs> the lines cross. That's the center of the earth. Is it a literal or perhaps another dimension? That I don't know. Uh, we have plenty of room in the center of earth for hell to exist there. 
Uh, you never know. I mean, it could be there, I, but who knows? It says it cast into outer darkness, so it's probably some other place. So uh, there you go. All right. So I, I enjoyed that one. That was a good one. And uh, let's get on the phones with JB from Ohio. JB, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, man. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, just, uh, I grew up in a Nazarene church. I'm not raised in a Nazarene church, um, but mm-hmm. just some issues coming up there with uh, the role of women in leadership in the church currently. Mm-hmm. And I know the Nazarene church, the Wesleyan church in general, takes a um, a certain stance, not like a complementarian type of stance. I just want to hear your opinion, your thoughts on, you know, we could talk about Priscilla and Aquila and, and Deborah and, and Esther yeah. and the Bible and the roles mm-hmm. of women. I guess mm-hmm. at the end of the day, down to brass tacks, is yeah. where do we draw the line on, like, shepherding leadership and preaching, that type of thing, uh, in your okay. opinion? I'll give you what the Bible says, okay? And by the way, I live about three miles as the crow flies from Northwest uh, Nazarene University. And if my kids wanted to go to a Bible college, I would recommend they not go there. There's been liberals there. They've had uh, the author of the shack there to speak, and the author of the shack just taught heresies. Uh, So I uh, I wouldn't trust that school or that denomination. They affirm women pastors and elders, which is clearly not biblical. People say, well, it's just your opinion, Matt. And then I say, well, let's go to the scriptures, and I can show you where the scriptures forbids it. Women are not to be pastors and elders. are not to be in the place of preaching in a church service because that's a position of authority over men in the church, and it's forbidden to them. They're not to do that. So the Nazarene church is doing it, and so I, I don't consider the Nazarene church to be um, a church worth going to. That's my opinion. Okay. Awesome. Hey, appreciate it. Also, they teach you can lose your salvation. Okay, so I ask Nazarenes. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, what do you got to do to keep it? Well, here's a list of things you got to do to keep yourself right with the infinitely holy God. That leads to legalism, and so then they start looking down their nose at you because you're not doing what. Well, you know, you're supposed to do these things. You can't see an R-rated movie. You can't uh, have a beer. You can't uh, watch a sports game on Sunday, or whatever it might be. And legalism rears sure. its ugly head. And this is something you've got to, got to watch out for. Furthermore, uh, 80% yeah. of the denominations and stuff that I've researched, uh, when they adopt women pastors and elders, uh, within two generations, 80% start adopting pro-homosexuality. So I don't know what your Nazarene church is doing now, but there's that. Now, I can go to the scriptures and show you yeah. exactly where the Bible says what it says about this issue on women pastors and elders. Oh, yeah. I can do it if you want. If yeah, I can do it. I mean, I'm, I'm well aware of those. No, 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 I'm well aware of them. I, I, I'm familiar with the arguments on both sides. Just really just wanted to hear your opinion on it, and uh, yeah. I appreciate well, I've written that. I've written a section written yeah. a section on my website about this, and I know about Aquila and Priscilla and Phoebe and Junia, and I've written on this kind of stuff, and I have an open challenge, and I'll say it okay. again. I've been doing this for radio for, you know, about 23 years now, and uh, so I just have it. Here it goes again. Uh, I openly challenge any competent uh, representative of Nazarenes or whoever, whatever group, uh, that wants to debate on the topic, does the Bible support women pastors and elders? And I've been saying this off and on for decades. Not a single person has ever taken me up on it. Ever. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because they know I will go to the scriptures and I will hold their feet to the fire and I can answer what they say. I know about these things, Junia and Phoebe, Aquila, Priscilla. I know about them. I know about Deborah. I know how to answer them. Yeah, and they don't, you know, so there you go. And what, in my opinion, what they're doing is they're just licking their finger, pulling up to the secular wind and following which way the uh, the stench of secularism goes. They follow that. And now they adopt women pastors and elders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank, right. thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Sure, man. No problem. In my opinion, if you go to a church, anybody goes to a church where there's women pastors and elders, you should uh, leave. Me, I would uh, first address them and uh, say, this is unbiblical. Here's the evidence for it. You go to my website, Women in Ministry. You can look up. There's a single sheet it's just designed to be printed on both sides. So you can hand them a single sheet, and it's pe- chock full of information, the basics of what it is uh, and why they're not to do that. And uh, if they can't get that right, if they can't get that right, how can you trust them to get anything else right? Here's something else just to throw at them. You know it says two men in the field, one is taken, one is left. Everybody says that's the rapture. That's in Matthew 24, Luke 17. I recommend that you read both. Uh, contexts and the parallel passages and you'll find out it is not about the rapture the rapture occurs but that's not about the rapture and a hundred percent of the time when I've shown people what the context is hundred percent they go that you're right it's not about the rapture hundred percent I've been doing this for maybe 20 years I've been t- talking about this and not a single person has said well yeah, you know you're wrong man uh, nope they've also said, yeah, that's what it says when I show it to them when I show them the context I show what's going on they, they admit it now so here's the thing if um they can't get it right on women pastors and elders and they and if the church blatantly just messes up on this one too eh, two men to feel it's a rapture and it's not how can you trust them to get their stuff right that's more critical that's my question let's get to jared from indiana jared welcome you're on the air yeah my uh question was do you do you believe KJV onlyism is cultish, and uh, do you find errors with the King James Bible? It can be cultic, and yes, there are errors. Uh, so it can be. But there, I've known King James only people, they just say, look, I just prefer the King James. And if you like the NASB, that's okay. Ain't no problem. I've talked to people who said the King James is more accurate in the English than the Greek manuscripts of the New Testament. Now we're talking cult stuff. Now, are they not saved? I wouldn't say they're not saved, but they're cult-like. And as you said, cult-ish. That makes sense. So then we have to get into so further my, issues on a particular. Okay. So my, my, my denomination that I go to would say that it is the only true Word of God. So yeah, that's, that's why product. I wanted to ask... Okay. Sorry, but it's, so, a, it's a load of crud. That's fine. I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Yeah. No, I'm not upset about yeah. it. I want to know. I want to yeah. know. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm, I've been actually over yeah. the last few weeks. I've called you multiple times about different uh, things. Good. I want to know what what is the um, because I, I had a problem with um, hermeneutical wise taking a word yeah. and applying it through the whole word of God all the time um, and using it the same way the whole time through the Bible. And I kind of uh, found that error, and that's why I was like, you know what, I want to call Matt on this, because he probably has a good idea, and just let me know 
maybe what sure. what is it that you find is is the main issue with it? Like well, compared to because um, I have like a NASB I like to read from. Well, well, the, the error, sh- like the error, why it's not the word, why it's not the only true word, oh. why why there is more than, like, why is there more than one? one? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So hold on. So first of all, they're not reading the King, 1611 King James. That If they want to say the King James is uh, is um, the inspired one in English, more accurate in the Greek, and that's the only true word of God, then pick up the 1611 and, and use it. But they don't do it. I think they do the 1689 or something like that. They don't do the 1611. Go look up an actual page of the 1611 and say, hey, is that what was inspired the 1611? Then use it. And they don't. They're hypocritical about it. It's hard to read, and it has anachronistic words and stuff. It's just not the best. Now, so in Romans 5.18, long ago, I was reading in the NASB, and the Romans 5.18 came up, and it blew me away because I thought, this can't be right. And I'm going to read it to you in the NASB. So then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, through an act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. Justification means you're saved, and it resulted to everybody. Well, that can't be, because the Bible teaches people go to hell, Matthew 25, 46, for example. So it caused me to start searching. Long story short, I found out what was going on in the Greek and why they translated it that way. And the King James is the correct one. And the issue here is that the second all is different than the first all. Just like you said, one word doesn't mean the same thing in every context. That's called illegitimate totality transfer when they do that. So when we get back from the break, we've got music coming in, I'll show you why it's correct in the NASB and why the King James just butchers it, okay? And why why it leads to error. So hold on, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. We'll get back with Jared from Indiana. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. All right. Let's see. Jared, you still there? Yes, sir. All right. So if you got a minute, I'll explain something and explain why the King James really blew it in a particular area. Are you with me? You want me to do that? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Now, I'm not saying the King James is no good. I'm just saying there's better translations now. Okay. All right. So Romans 5, 18 and it's a critical verse, and I have a habit of judging all Bibles by it now. Just my little personal thing. So that's me. When I get any Bible, and I say, what about this Bible? Is that a good Bible, Matt? First thing I do is go to Romans 5.18. And here's why. It's constructed of two sentences with a conjunction. The two sentences, sentence A, conjunction, sentence B. Both the sentences, A and B, have the same construction an individual, and a result of their action. So A has an individual with an action result, and then sentence B has an individual with an action result. Let me explain. This is what it says in the Greek. So then, through one transgression, condemnation to all men. Even so, that's the conjunction, through one act of righteousness, justification of life to all men. 
So there's no verb in the Greek. There's actually no verb there. It just says, sentence A, through one transgression, condemnation to all men. Sentence B, through one act of righteousness, justification of life to all men. That's what the little Greek says. Well, what do we do? So what we have to understand is, so then as through, and then the conjunction says, even so, like that. So then sentence B is governed by sentence A. Because sentence A says, through one transgression, condemnation to all men. And likewise, or even so, or in like manner, through an act of righteousness, justification of life to all men. Now, does that make sense so far? Yeah. All right, so now what we have to do, since A governs B, is we have to find a verb to put in there. Different translations put in different verbs, all right? Because it's a problem. The problem is sentence B, not sentence A. Because if you say, through one transgression, Adam's sin, there resulted condemnation to everybody, which is true, because of Romans 5.19, the very next verse that says, through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. It's the aorist passive indicative. It occurred to them. It would happen to them. It's the result of what Adam did. So the, the uh, well, if you put their resulted in there, then you've got to put it down in sentence B, because sentence B is just like sentence A. You've got to put the same verb down there. But you can't do that because it means everyone's justified or does it well it doesn't mean everyone's justified because and this is a side note because god is using the word all in two different senses just like he uses the phrase the many in two different senses and i can go and expand on this quite a bit and i this caused me to study for weeks and i learned so much out of it because of the nesb we'll get to the king james here in a little bit so people see all oh, justification to all men no not all are justified so now what they do is they let sentence B govern sentence A they reverse what, this, what the Greek is actually saying so the King James then says therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation even so by the righteousness of the one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life that is not what it says it does not say the free gift came it doesn't say that so what the King James translators did was they saw this problem and they did not let the Word of God speak for itself so as they would go learn what God is teaching they submitted the translation to their theological perspective and they then borrowed words from other places in the context and put them in there and changed the meaning That's what they did now check this out this is Romans 5.18 in different translations. This is the ESV. One trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification. See why they put leads? Because they see sentence B is problematic, so they let sentence B govern sentence A. The ESV blew it. And the LEB says this, Consequently, therefore, as through one transgression came condemnation to all men, so also through one righteous deed came justification of life to all men. Well, that one works, because it came upon them. It did. 
So you see, I can go on. So the King James blew it here. Now let me explain what's going on with the second to all so that people don't think I'm causing a problem. See, Jesus came to represent his people. Adam represented his people. When you go to 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says something very interesting. The love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all. Therefore, all died. But when you do a study on what it means that people died in relationship to Jesus, it's only talking about believers, not unbelievers. It's clearly taught like that in Scripture. So he died for all, therefore all died. Who's the all who died? It could only be the Christians or the elect. This is what's going on in the text. And they failed to see it because they weren't studying. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, what... So they, that's what, I, I'm just giving you an idea of what they teach. I was trying to get a, get a better mm-hmm. scope on it. But what really got me is when I'm reading in the New Testament, and they, they're so particular on words when they teach those things, that when you read the what a lot of the quotes are from the Old Testament to the New Testament, they're not exactly the same all the time, um, how they're quoted in the New Testament, that they don't always right. quote everything verbatim. And I was like, so... Why would why are they not quoting verbatim from the Old Testament? And I got into the Septuagint and and things like that, and and just trying to um, educate myself on why maybe there's yes. some um, different that, different ideas behind why they're why it's different. It, it sounds so different. That's because the New Testament writers were often quoting the Septuagint. The Greek writers were. So with the Greek is what we need to translate from, the Greek into English, the Greek into Spanish, the Greek into German. But what the, a lot of King James-only people are saying, no, the 1611 King James is inspired in the English. If that's the case, then ask them this question. If it's the only true word of God, the 1611, and go look it up. Go look up a 1611 original page and start trying to read it. Okay. Just do that. I have then, one. Wouldn't it logically necessitate? Okay, good. Then wouldn't it logically necessitate if the 1611 English King James is the true Word of God? Then shouldn't the German be translated out of it, and the Spanish, the Japanese, all languages be translated out of the English 1611? Isn't that how it ought to be? See what they say. Well, I've, I have actually, and they say whatever the first word is to each language would be the one that God brought them the original oh that's so stupid i'm sorry but it is you know it's just it's it's, i'm sorry but i get a little slip but it's really dumb the first one all right where'd you get that in where'd you get that in scripture show me that in the bible they're making stuff up so much heresy so little time hey man look we got a break so if you want to drop off drop off and i'll i'll see that you drop or stay on we'll get to you after either way it's up to you we'll be right back folks After these messages, please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, buddy, welcome back to the show. Let's get back with Jared real quickly. Jared, you're still there, buddy. Good. What's up, man? Yes, yes, sir. I just wanted to get an, uh, uh, another w- one or two quick ones in. So, do you? Sure. Do, would you say then you absolutely don't believe in an unbroken line of scripture all the way down to the King James Bible? I'm not sure what that means. Unbroken line of scripture. So you see the Greek so New Testament. You just go from the Greek to the English. That's all. 
Yeah, well, so they, they say that, that um, there's a line of Scripture from the apostles all the way down, all the way through I don't know what that means. people who died. So, I don't know what um, that means, a line of Scripture. I don't know what that means. So that that the church, the real church, not the Catholic Church or anybody else, but the true believers, always had the Word of God all the way, and it made it all the way to into the King James. Bible. Oh, yes. What happened That's, was yes, and the answer is yes. So the disciples, the apostles, wrote their their documents. Those are called the autographs, and then Christians copied those aut- autographs meticulously, carefully. And the copies are 98.85% textually pure and identical. Okay? And that's it. So that's not a big issue with that, then. Um, no. And then the other one, would you say, then, the words of God, then if we want the real, the true words of God, we need to go to the Greek. And the Hebrew. The, you the, really want to hear what he says. Like when God says in Hebrew, he says, uh, you know, that he he's angry. There's an expression in Hebrew. He clears his nostrils. That's an idiom. Yeah. It means he's angry. Yeah, and so I've I've discovered that by going into the Greek in the New Testament because I've had a lot, a lot of Greek, and I'm not that good at it, but you know I know enough, and I've had a year and a half of Hebrew in, in seminary, and so you know I can I can do you know some stuff, but I've discovered that that uh, I can learn a lot more by going into those original languages, and so I do you know I go into those and do studies there, and it's not that hard. You have there's all kind of great tools that I have. They do all the work for me, so. You know, okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Okay, buddy. Whoa, there's a yawn. Sorry about that. Woo. Okay, I guess he's gone. Hey, if you guys want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 8772-072276. Let's get to Mike from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Mike, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Uh, listen, the reason I'm calling is to kind of give you a heads up, and you may already know this. But a couple of weeks ago, they had this meeting in uh, the W, the World Economic Council, uh, okay. World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Did you see the opening ceremony or the or not the opening ceremony, but one of the I think it was the opening, but it was a ceremony that involved an indigenous woman. Where, I got a glimpse of it. Someone put a glimpse and it was kind of weird, but uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They also had a, they also had statements about involving um, indigenous people. It was an indigenous woman, and she 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 was dressed up like the best way I can put it is witch doctor. I know that's not a good term to use, but anyway, she she looked like a witch doctor <laughs> to tell you the truth. Yeah. She had her face painted, and she had, of course, the costume on and all that. And she went by and breathed or coughed. Actually, she actually coughed on each one of these uh, committee chairmen that were all sitting up on stage. And the, the whole thing is, is the, the statements that came after that is what really concerned me, which is they were looking at, at involving indigenous people and almost involving them in, in their, in their uh, cults of, um, of uh, earth worship or nature worship um, into, their, uh, into their future meetings and their meetings uh, and these are the biggest corporations. These are governments that send representatives there uh, in, to this meeting. Uh, extremely wealthy people. You have to be extremely wealthy just to join. I mean, I think it's $100,000 or $200,000 or something for a membership. And then I forgot how much it costs to go there. But um, that 
they're 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 involving this. It's almost this nature worship, and I and I'm yes. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, wait a minute, indigenous people didn't give us the great civilizations we have today, and 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 how much poverty has been uh, actually obliterated because of capitalism and Western culture, which is based on the Bible. You know, they didn't mention the Bible. They didn't mention Adam Smith. But it's like they're getting involved in this nature worship is the best way I can put it. But like I said, it, it almost, to me, as I was looking at that, I kept thinking about you, and I kept thinking about, God, this looks demonic. <laughs> uh, yes, it's the only it way I could put and, it. Um, so uh, the Bible tells us there's going to be a lot of problems uh, towards the end. And I wrote an article back in 2017, What Are Some of the Signs of the End Times? And one of the signs is the rise of spiritism in First John, I mean, excuse me, First Timothy 4.1. But the Spirit explicitly, explicitly mm-hmm. says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Deceitful spirits, spiritism. And the idea here is that the spirits, familiar spirits, imitate certain things and want people to worship them and or serve the created order. And this is exactly what is the case with what you're describing. So it's a rise of spiritism, which is has something like 70 million people worldwide now. It's on the rise all over. Mm-hmm. So just a you know, heads up, everybody. Spiritism is on the mm-hmm. rise. Christianity okay. is too. But uh, it's on the rise. And along with the rise of the Antichrist and false teaching, uh, there's going to be some problems coming. You know, I was just looking uh, right. on uh, on the World, World Economic Forum, and it's and it's just uh, a title: "Urgency is our only savior." <laughs> we have an existential climate crisis. Uh, Ajaj Banga uh, says, you know, and so it goes on. This is, in my opinion, it's a means of one world government to gain control by saying it's an economic uh, severe problem. And so everybody has to submit to the overarching control of a centralized uh, group. And the, the, the Antichrist can set in there and then have everybody submit to it because they can use climate control and everything else that they do with the world leaders to uh, get control of of resources so that the the mother earth isn't damaged this is the kind of stuff that'll happen right yeah right and and that was the other thing that they they did bring in right they they did bring in this whole thing about climate change um by the way speaking of messiahs and gods and all that have you have you ever read anything that george soros has written about himself no oh man just send me stuff (laughs) oh boy Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll what does say? It, but all you have, to, all people have to do is just do a, a web search. George Soros thinks he's a god. I mean, he actually says he's he's had this messianic messianic thought since he was a child, and um, that he that he basically thinks himself now as as a god because he has all this power because he has really brought currencies down to their knees, which basically yeah. impoverishes people. Um, and we know that I mean he. He sows so much horrible mischief worldwide. Um, yeah, he uh, he's is. An he's an awful evil. man. Yeah, in yeah, fact, I'm evil. looking at an article on the New uh, Times, and um, it seems that Sos believes he was anointed by God 
And he says, I fancied myself as some kind of God, he once wrote. If truth be known, I carried out rather potent yes. messianic fantasies with me from childhood, which I... That means there's a demonic influence on him. But... Uh, yes. Yeah. If it is a sort of disease when you consider yourself some kind of God, the creator of everything, but I feel comfortable about it now since I begin to live it out. Well, next to my fantasies about being God, I also have very strong fantasies of being mad. In fact, my grandfather was actually paranoid. Oh, my goodness. I have a, ma a lot of madness in my family. So far, I have escaped it. Oof. Okay. Well, <laughs> I won't be sleeping very well tonight. Thanks so. a lot. Yeah. Well, didn't mean to ruin your night. All right. <laughs> me, I got so much on my plate right now. It just amped up, and I got more and more going. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah. What it is. All right, Matt. Good talking to you. All right, Matt. God bless. Okay. Ooh, sorry about that. I had another yawn. Yeah, I've got so much on my plate now that I can't even write articles. So, um,. Yeah, the pressure's on. So anyway, hey, look, if you guys want, you can give me a call. All you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. You can also email me at info at carm.org and just put in the subject line radio question or radio comment, and uh, we'll check it out. That way we can get right to it and put it in our radio uh, questions and comments folder all right so uh i know every now and then i talk about end time stuff and uh, i teach what's called depressed eschatology and i also teach that people should be prepping uh, you know not going crazy and all this you know bomb shelter stuff but you're just having some food and i'm working on a document of recommended things uh because i've been researching this now for a, a couple three four five years i don't know how long now I've got a really nice a bit of list of stuff that's just basic. Maybe I'll uh, work an article on that when I get some free time. Hey, there's the music. We'll be right back after these messages. Four open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. Logan from North Carolina, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Hey, I had a general question about the timeline for possibly going into World War III. Um, with what's yeah. going on in Iran and our U.S. Mm -hmm. soldiers that just got killed over there, what's mm -hmm. your what's your general opinion on on the timeline for that? That also a lot of European nations are telling their citizenry to prepare for war, and that's not really talked about too much, but they are. They're saying to prep up and get ready. So why are they doing that? Something's coming. So the Muslim Empire, Muslim, which is an evil religion, is full of, of admonitions in the Quran about killing and destroying. In the Hadith, the deeds and sayings of Muhammad record his battles and his destruction of people. And so the 18% of, of Muslims worldwide who read the Quran in the original Arabic 
can see what it actually says. And I've had people who read Arabic tell me what it actually says. And it does teach violence. And there's a, um, a website I recommend people go, thereligionofpeace.com. All one word, thereligionofpeace.com. And it documents the attacks and atrocities by the Muslims all over the world. And there's you know close to 50,000 since 9-11. It's ridiculous. So, they, if they get nukes, they're so full of of demonic controls and stuff like that that I wouldn't be surprised if they use it. And next thing you know, we got World War Three. So who knows? You know, I don't know. Are you there? Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, it just kind of it kind of seems like with Russia and um, NATO, as well as with China and Taiwan. Um, and all these geopolitical factors, it seems like we might be moving towards that direction. Yes, um, it's certainly a possibility. And, um, you know, when we have good leadership in our country, then uh, the rest of the world, particularly the bad countries, are dealt with and kind of stay in line. All right, but with the weak, uh, mamby-pamby uh, leftist idiot idiocy that they have in, in you know, Washington now, they don't. You know, America doesn't have any strength. It doesn't have any respect in the world. So it's going to embolden the the Middle East to become more volatile. So that's uh, that's what I think is going to be happening. I'm trying to pick my words carefully uh, because I know people are listening. So, uh, yeah, it definitely know. seems definitely seems like with our leadership, um, they might try to take advantage of that before potentially the twenty four election. Well, I get a yawn coming up. There we go. Sorry about that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if the left uses or allows, but uses some national problem to suspend elections and so that they can remain a dictatorial power if that happens I think there'll be a civil war and I don't want that I, I don't but enough people are really upset all over the place and look what's happening with Texas they're trying to guard themselves I've heard Denver I just read Denver's got 40,000 immigrants that have invaded and they can't handle it and the, there's more coming across the border. Why is our stupid government doing this? Because they want to harm us. And there are people coming over who are they're haters of America. They've used this opportunity to get in. And you know they're going to be in contact with their people back home, wherever that home is. And I'm just waiting for them to start um, doing multi-coordinated attacks on power centers inside of America. It's not hard. You can... You can bring America to its economic knees uh, just in a couple of months. All you have to do is get a bunch of people and shoot out power plants. And then you don't have gasoline production. Shoot out uh, power plants for electricity and power plants for uh, diesel and gasoline. That's it. You keep shooting them out. You, you destroy them, bomb them, whatever. Uh, we will have a, a major economic collapse here in America. Because these... Systems yeah, so you think it would be a wise. To, uh, go ahead. Sorry about that. No, go ahead. Yeah, you think it would be a wise to maybe start preparing 
on some of those facets. Absolutely. Like just a contingency plan. Who, us, personal individuals at home, or the nation of the American nation? What do you mean? I would just say, like, uh, maybe people that are aware of the situation or understanding it with the right perspective. Well, the Christians need to know what's going on. And the Bible talks about the ant preparing during the summer for the winter, and it's called it wise. So we should have, Christians just should have as much food and water supplied as they can. I'm not talking about going crazy, but enough for, you know, two to three months. It's that kind of stuff. You need a gallon of water per person per day. It's a rule of thumb. And uh, you can get, um, you know, 50-gallon drums, and you can put them in your garage and put them with water, water in them and store them. And, you know, just stuff like that, you know, water filters. And should have canned goods and beans and rice and stuff and, and stored properly. And, you know, it's not a big deal. It's... And should have a power supply. Uh, you know, I have a solar thing and uh, batteries and stuff, and you know, so and other stuff, a lot of stuff. It's just smart to do, not not going crazy or anything like that. You know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I pre- I appreciate your time today. Yeah, yeah. People should do that. They should. It's it's just smart. Cool. Okay. And the pre-tribulation rapture right. isn't going to deliver us. It's not going to deliver us. We're not getting out of here, folks. All right? Okay. Yes. You're thinking like a post, post-tribulation post type rapture? Oh, absolutely. You know, the uh, if you want, I can talk about that. But um, there's only two ages in the Bible, this age and the age to come. And at the end of this age, certain things happen. And at the end of the age, the new heavens and new earth are made. The judgment of the wicked occurs. And um, the wicked are taken before the Christians are taken. And that's out of Matthew 13, when Jesus says so. Allow both to go together till the end of the age, and I'll say to the reapers, or to the harvest, he said, I'll say to the reapers, first gather the tares, the tares of the wicked. And he says the gathering occurs at the end of the age. It says, gather the wheat into the barn. In Matthew 24, Luke 17, the ones who are taken, two men in a field, one is taken, one is left. That's the wicked who are taken, and they're taken to a place of destruction. And Jesus says his kingdom is, uh, I won't get into that because that's more complicated. So let's just say that uh, throughout history, Christians have been persecuted and they have been tortured, burned to death. They have been skinned alive, been frozen to death, thrown to wild animals, starved to death. They, this has happened. Uh, we have a connection in Nigeria, one of our guys we support, and he preaches the gospel, and Muslims are going around. They're funded by, we don't know exactly who, but they're going around on motorcycles with AK-47s, going into the outskirts villages of Nigeria and attacking Christian communities, killing them, burning down churches, murdering. And you're hearing about this on the news? Not at all. Not at all because the Christians are being persecuted. And uh, I have been sent video on my phone of locals, uh, local video of someone being stomped to death by Muslims. You know, I, I, so people send me stuff. I don't talk about all this over the radio. I don't want to depress the crud out of people. But this idea, this pre-tribulation idea, 
pre-tribulation rapture. I hope it's true. I really do. But I see nothing in Scripture that necessitates it. You know, people will take, you know, First Thessalonians 5, 8, I think that's what the verse is. I'm going to show you a common verse that they rip out of context, misapply. Let's see. Oh, that's not it. It's 5, 9. Sorry, not 5, 8, 5, 9. They'll say, well, God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the wrath, the tribulation is wrath. So therefore, he's not destined us for that, so we're going to escape. That's the logic. And, you know, it's it's horrible. God has not destined us for wrath, but for salvation. Wrath is the opposite of salvation. Salvation from our sins, been going to heaven. Wrath is talking about damnation. That's what's going on. And so the pre-trib rapture people, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I do so much apologetics. I talk to so many people about theology. I talk to, I talk to thousands and thousands of people over 40 years. And people gather to themselves, teachers that tickle their ears. And they don't want to face the, the severity of what's coming. They don't want to face the severity of the discipleship that Christ calls us to in going out and making disciples of all nations. There apparently too many people are more con concerned with their personal safety, personal issues, than they are in the preaching and the teaching of the gospel of Christ. And they gather teachers of themselves like Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer to tickle their ears. They don't want to hear the truth. And so pre-tribulation rapture comes along and it tickles their ears. And I'd be glad to debate anybody on this. It tickles their ears. And so we're going to get real escape. So don't worry about it. That's the wrong attitude. And throughout history, Christians have been persecuted and killed, burned alive, raised up in courts, and put tar on and lit, in, lit on fire to light the orgies of the pagans and people say well God wouldn't let us go through tribulation that is ignorance and it's at the behest of preachers and teachers who don't study history who don't study the Word of God in my opinion as deeply as they need to and so present to the people that they're in charge of woods like their their theological coochie coochie coo God the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Caucasian surfer Jesus will not let you escape. I mean, will not let you go through uh, trials and tribulations. He will let you escape the great tribulation. You'll get out beforehand. So don't worry about it. Coochie, coochie, coo. Are you comfortable? But what does Christ say to us? If you don't pick up your cross daily and follow after me, you're not worthy of me. Let's go out and make disciples of all nations. So how is this being carried out in the Christian church today? That's the question I have. So, you know, I, I teach depressed eschatology because I studied the Word of God and I've seen so much. And I know that we win in the end because Christ Jesus comes back and he destroys the enemies. And my personal opinion is, I've got to say this quickly, we've only got 30 seconds. When God said to Adam in, James, in Genesis 2.17, the day that you eat of the fruit you will die. I suspect he was talking not only to Adam but all the people of mankind because in Luke 22, uh, Luke 24, 22, Jesus says, if those days be not cut short, no flesh would be left. The end times, if these days are not cut short, 
it, I get the impression that what he's saying is death will come to all. And that's what I think is going to happen. So, anyway, I just ruined everybody's evening. Hey, nice talking to you, Logan. God bless, buddy. There's the music. We're out of here. I know. That's the way it is. Hey, hope you want to listen tomorrow. And we'll talk. By God's grace, back on air tomorrow. Have a good evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.